0: Hi, I'm John Schwannis. and on this edition of Indiana Lawmakers, we'll look at the statehouse battle that's brewing over legislation known formally as the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Supporters say it's an attempt to protect sincerely held religious beliefs from government intrusion. Opponents say the measure would essentially legalize discrimination. Here's an overview from WFYI news anchor
1: Christopher Ayers. It's enshrined in the First Amendment. No government may create laws impeding the free exercise of religion. But recent events have some Hoosier lawmakers pushing bills they say would reinforce the right to religious expression. One bill passed in the Senate this week would exempt state-contracted religious organizations from a law prohibiting religion-based hiring, another means to protect public school students and their parents from religion-based discrimination, and a third, modeled after the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RFRA, intends to shield individuals and businesses from performing actions at odds with their religious beliefs. So a business owner who rejects gay marriage on the grounds of religious belief couldn't be compelled to provide a service meant for a same-sex wedding. Kurt Smith is president of the Indiana Family Institute. He says RIFRA is needed to supplement First Amendment guarantees.
2: As the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled, uh, you need to have Extra separate statutes to cover certain things. All RIFRA does at the state level is give citizens additional protections from state action.
1: But some disagree with the RIFRA bill's basic premise and argue it could have a paradoxical effect. In a recent Indy Star editorial, ACLU Indiana president Jane Henniger argues that RIFRA quote is unnecessary, potentially intrusive, and will lead to unintended consequences and discrimination and would have the unintended effect of increasing government involvement in religious matters. RIFRA now awaits its turn in the Senate Judiciary Committee, where an initial hearing on the bill is scheduled within the coming week. For Indiana Lawmakers, I'm Christopher Ayers.
0: Back in a moment with our weekly roundtable discussion. Indiana Lawmakers, from the State House to your house.
1: What if an app could give a voice to children silenced by autism? It can. Introducing Speak All. To learn more about this and more than 400 other world changing Purdue technologies, visit otc prf.org.
0: According to the 2010 U.S. Religion Census, compiled by the Association of Statisticians of American Religious Bodies, there are 159 religious denominations in Indiana which probably means there are at least 159 unique perspectives on the always tense relationship between religion and public policy. Joining me to offer their views on the subject are Republican Senator Scott Schneider of Indianapolis, the author of Senate Bill 568, otherwise known as the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, Democratic Senator Lonnie Randolph of East Chicago, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is scheduled to hear the bill, Kurt Smith, president of the Indiana Family Institute, and Jane Henniger, executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana. Senator, let's start with you. If if federal judges had not cleared the path for (coughs) same-sex marriage in Indiana last summer, would you have introduced uh, this legislation in the absence of those decisions? Uh,
3: Well, first of all, thanks for having this important discussion. Um, Yeah, the. My motivation, really, for the bill uh, consisted of two different uh, events that happened over the summer. One was a Supreme Court case, but it was not the same-sex marriage Supreme Court case. It was a Supreme Court case, uh, uh, the Hobby Lobby uh, uh, Supreme Court case, which held that uh, a, a company, a closely held corporation, uh, should not be mandated by um, uh, HHS mandate uh, to provide abortion-inducing drugs as part of their health care plan. Um, The the Hobby Lobby prevailed in that Supreme Court case. As a result of that, um, and and as that opinion was handed down as a a, uh, result of uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was a 1993 federal law. Uh, Funny, it was not based on the First Amendment, which we all might might think. The second motivating factor was um, uh, in Houston, there was uh, five area churches uh, that were subpoenaed as part of a lawsuit with the city. Uh, subpoenaed for things like uh, sermon notes, sermons, uh, Sunday school teachings, uh, communications, really scary stuff when you stop to think about it. We're, we're in America, not in uh, communist China, uh, but we, we're, we're going to haul a church in into jail for not uh, complying with a subpoena. Uh, those two things and just the ongoing hostility uh, uh, to, to religious practice in the United States uh, was the motivating factor. In Indiana, we don't have uh... any religious freedom uh... uh... laws in the statute we have a fairly strong i would say a constitution in the first article one section three but this, the legislature has yet to speak on that and so those were the two motivating factors for me to bring the legislation
0: so open. when when supporters of this legislation say hey this is the answer to give protection to companies small businesses that are troubled by same-sex marriage are you disavowing uh... that those supporters or are you saying uh, that that's because uh, they're, they're certainly <coughs> that's, that's the driving force for for some of the backers of the Sure, bill.
3: and there there's going to be uh, folks on all sides of this issue that are going to say this bill does or doesn't do uh, certain things it is modeled after the federal uh... federal religious freedom restoration act that was passed in 1993 uh, was introduced by Charles Schumer in the House, passed unanimously. Uh, Senator, late Senator Ted Kennedy was the House author, along with Orrin Hatch, 97 to 3 in the Senate, signed by President Clinton. So it's current federal law. Uh, it was never intended to do anything in particular other than to bring back a specific uh, test or uh, framework for how these cases would be adjudicated and what government must do in order to restrict religious freedom.
0: Well, the bill is scheduled for a hearing uh, on Monday in Senate Judiciary. Senator Randolph, you're the ranking Democrat on the committee, uh, clearly outnumbered. But your thoughts on <laughs> your thoughts on this uh, on this bill and, and what seems to be the momentum uh, behind it at this what's, point?
4: Yeah, uh, my outnumbered is what's new. I think mean, that's old <laughs> news anyway. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's a lot about it that I, I really have to study a little bit more. But I think there is... Um, a different interpretation of what the law really is and what it applies to, because there was a subsequent law after 1993 dealing with uh, the restoration of land issues, and that pretty much narrowed the definition of, of religious rights. And that occurred in 2002, which is seven years later. And I think there might be a, a misinterpretation concerning how that law should apply to this particular case, because in that particular case, in 1993, it dealt with contraceptive issues. That was the main focus at that point in time, is whether uh, the Affordable Care Act dealt with issues concerning uh, nonprofit religious organizations, contraceptive beliefs. And I think that principle is applying to this particular law that Senator Snyder has, and I think maybe the interpretation might not be entirely correct, or it could have different interpretations, which means the final result not necessarily might be in the best interests of Indiana at this point in time.
0: Well, Kurt Smith, you uh, alluded to groups as organizations such as yours. You have been very supportive of this legislation, and right. and you have suggested that this is uh, provides cover, uh, legal cover for businesses, for instance, that would be uncomfortable with the recent uh, changing legal landscape as it relates to same-sex marriage. Um, that's that's your line and you're sticking with it or after hearing sen- the senator talk about recall, these other issues I don't
2: that- recall saying that I know the impetus last summer was the hobby lobby ruling and I was surprised when the Supreme Court handed down its decision that it was based on Rifra not on the first amendment and I'm an old recovering journalist and I thought the first amendment would have prevailed in that circumstance and situation and it, it was Rifra so we all got kind of a wake up call and 19 states have passed this maybe another 10 11 12 have decisions from courts or their state constitutions cover it but there's twenty states including indiana where we don't have this all this bill does is protect citizens from state action it doesn't prejudge it doesn't say here are the five issues or nine issues it covers or the two that it doesn't and it doesn't speak to same-sex marriage and we've had legal scholars analyze the bill from indiana i u law school valpo notre dame law schools they say this doesn't speak to same-sex marriage so that would be
0: a potential byproduct of a a broader bill but that's you're saying right right, in a robust
2: conversation with conflict and culture and society is there going to be a case about same-sex marriage somewhere in Indiana maybe would RIFRA be a defense they're going to throw everything at it including the kitchen sink the first amendment the state constitution other laws and now now RIFRA. I think that's good I think we should protect our religious freedoms.
0: Jane Henniger, uh, I'm guessing you've sort of been champing at the bit, leaning forward, well, well, that's, wanting that's to weigh a, in on this discussion. Yeah, that's a great segue
5: because the ACLU has been a strong defender of religious freedom. We um, have have stood up for individuals' rights um, to practice their beliefs. Um, the the um, you know we would be the first to stand up and defend. Um, individuals and in churches whose freedom of religion is being abridged. We and and in fact, the ACLU was a proponent of the federal RIFRA, which was in response to a Supreme Court decision that we saw limiting um, the First Amendment rights. However, we have the benefit here in Indiana of years of experience. These state RIFRAs have been enacted across the country, and we've seen what what the byproducts of, of them are often unintended consequences, and um, those it's those unintended consequences that has caused a broad-based opposition to the RFRA in Indiana, as well as most recently in Arizona. <clears throat> Businesses and um, other employers see RIFRA as um, enabling individuals to bring in religion as a defense in instances that you would never imagine it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. There have been times when the uh, reference has been used as a defense when um, the labor department is trying to investigate the chi- violation of child labor laws, in domestic violence cases, in in an employer's um, requirement that an employee put down their social security number. Uh, the the um, the circumstances have been beyond anyone's could could guess, but that's the point. It, it's been an intrusive um, use uh, uh, that this law has been brought to, and um, you know, given the cost-benefit analysis, we've come to believe at the ACLU that these state rifers do more harm than good. Well, some
0: state, Senator, I was just going to, and you can yeah. go from this. But some state you mentioned, uh, both of you, nineteen, twenty states that have adopted state versions of RIFRA. Uh, but it seems that it's it's uh, the going has become more difficult in recent months or years. Even you did have, as was suggested, Jan uh, Brewer, a Republican governor in Arizona, that vetoed uh, legislation there. I think it's been defeated recently in Kansas and in the General Assembly in Michigan. Uh, and I was intrigued a few weeks ago to see uh, the, the state chamber and very conservative, uh, traditional Republican groups in, in Georgia say, "Please <coughs> do not pass this because it's going to make it difficult for us to be a, a thriving business uh,
3: community." Yeah. Address that. Yeah, you I, I, there's there's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of uh, um, incorrect, fact, just factually incorrect talking points out there, which is unfortunate. Um, the case with uh, with Michigan that that bill passed uh, one chamber and was uh, uh, didn't get a, a schedule before their their session ended in January or last December. So it's been reintroduced. Uh, it's actually on uh, introduced in five states uh, again this year. Uh, two states are actually considering putting it in their constitution. The case in, in Arizona was simply a case they already have a RIFRA bill on on the books uh... that their effort was to expand it it was pre the hobby lobby uh... decision so uh... there was a lot of uh... misunderstanding there we don't have anything in indiana that speaks to religious freedom other than the constitution when you look at second amendment we've added all kinds of uh... state statutes that deal with it uh... first amendment freedom of the press or freedom of 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 speech or mostly freedom of press You would think that the First Amendment would be very solid on that. Yet we've added and augmented. The legislature has spoken in those cases with Freedom of Information Act and things of that nature. It gives the courts another, uh, it gives the courts, sends the the courts a message that the legislature is indeed interested in this issue. It's it's interested to the point where it's going to pass a law that people are going to speak on this issue. I think it's wildly appropriate and, and very important that the legislature speak on this. There hasn't been anything that the legislature has done relative to freedom of religion uh, I think ever since the Constitution was written. Some of the cases that Jane mentioned um, I think prove the fact that uh, that RIFRA works. It, it sets a guideline and a framework for for how a case would be adjudicated and for what government, what tests government must take in order to restrict somebody's freedom of religion. Most of those cases that she mentioned Riff, the RIFRA defense was used, but it was, not, it was not
0: used successfully. And those questions would be decided in court. So, I mean, both sides have suggested a, a litigation aspect. The proponents say we need this to curb litigation, and the opponents say we need this to curb or ward off an abundance of unnecessary litigation. I,
4: the key thing here is that there has not been any, any outcry, any complaints in terms of attack religious freedoms in Indiana. There has not been. The only attack if you want to consider that as such has been the issue concerning uh, the issue concerning Affordable Care Act concerning contraceptives for women. That's it. Beyond that there has not been any issue of complaints. There's Normally we're not in the business of solving problems unless there's a problem. Well, there's, then there's we look a at problem. a solution. A but there, there has not been any outcry, any complaints by any group that I'm aware of in Indiana that came to the point where they came down to the state house and said, we've got to focus on religious freedoms in the state of Indiana.
5: And I just want to emphasize that because Mm -hmm. we get um, hundreds of complaints every month coming into our office, people seeking help. We haven't received any um, churches or other organizations, any individuals feeling that government is going around Indiana stomping on their religious liberties. I agree Mm -hmm. totally that we believe that this is a a solution in search of a problem. Indiana
2: homeschool educators have just had a case go through the appellate uh, level in Indiana and this the statute would have helped them significantly. Uh, The Catholic Church, the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese lost a two million dollar ruling just before Christmas December 23rd. That was in the federal courts, slightly different issues, but when we met with Bishop Rhodes in uh, August or September of last year he thought this defense would have helped him as he leads the diocese there. So Hoosiers are polite and come, you know, they don't always come and, and knock on the door. At the Family Institute, we do hear from churches that are concerned and are asking some prudent questions. We send them to the Alliance Defending Freedom, yeah, and they update their bylaws or do have. things We're taking to try that. we
4: action based upon a Supreme Court case that was decided five to four. It was a narrow, drawn issue. The bill that's being proposed is very broad, and it invites too many potentialities where you can make arguments that are stretched. Unintended consequences. When it comes to who's guaranteeing to say,
2: citizens' rights vis a state, vis a vis state action, I, I'm to glad say that my business says are doing that
4: this. I don't like African Americans, so therefore, because of my religious belief, I don't want to cater to them.
2: We've, we resolved that question well, I'm correctly just saying, years ago.
4: That argument is open. No, and the the language of the bill is too broad. There's a compelling state interest in ending discrimination and we've done that. Either way that argument is there, whether it's valid or not, meritorious or not, it's still there. Every judge in Indiana would throw that out before the case was
2: I want
5: to follow up on the Senator's point Mm. about the Hobby Lobby law because, and a couple of points. One is that I totally agree and the, the Law professors who submitted a, a letter in support of the legislation agreed that Hobby Lobby is a very narrow uh, case, that it's been misunderstood and misinterpreted by both sides, all sides, um, and that it's not a, a, a relevant topic in, in this discussion they, then, and the case that you cite, Kurt and the, the Fort Wayne case was all on federal issues which would not have been impacted by a state RFRA at all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we um, we want our legislators, our laws to be confined and, and, and interject government where government needs to be. And believe me, again, you know, our job is to hold government accountable to the Constitution and mm-hmm. and step in when it exceeds its boundaries. Yeah. But but we have evidence here that these laws <laughs> are used in ways that none of us could have predicted that are harmful to the tension. I mean, you talked about the tension at the beginning, John. Um, there's a there's there are lots of inherent um, tensions in our constitution. That's where it's where it's set up that we have competing rights. Uh, we have um, government pursuing a public good, but individuals retaining their individual rights. It's all about. Tension. And in this instance, we've seen that state RFRAs are used in a way that can intrude on other people's liberties, whether it's discrimination or other, freedom of dis- from discrimination or other ways. And we just think it's unnecessary, uh, and uh, it's, again, it's a solution in search of a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And RFRA initially was about individuals. I know you've talked about individuals. Uh, Kurt, you've talked about the citizen, rights of citizens. and yet. The, the, the way this has evolved, perhaps, is that we do have now businesses that are effectively have been granted citizen status, if you, if you will, and I don't right. know if that, how that should affects a, the debate. Should but an
2: individual have to surrender their religious beliefs if they enter the marketplace? I, I don't think so.
0: Well, let me ask you. I mean, we, we play the scenario game. Uh, Senator sure. Randolph had one. Let me one rip from the headlines uh-huh. vaccinations. Uh, you know, should we, shouldn't we? A lot of we, states we have a state
2: law. Have I think we have an exemption. If someone has sincerely held religious beliefs, there's a process for them to assert that claim and they can, I mean, this they can opt would out. do nothing to we enhance have that or speaks, erode that. It might give the citizen greater opportunity to make their pleading or their their case that their religious beliefs are are involved, it might give them a greater uh, opportunity. that wouldn't it, change the law.
0: Does it matter to you if it's an individual uh, who feels that he has been uh, his uh, he's, his beliefs have been encroached upon, or an organization? Does or is it immaterial to you? I,
3: I mean, to me, it's it's immaterial. Uh, you know, if somebody has uh, deeply held religious beliefs, um, th- they should be able to under the color under the protection of law be able to practice those. And again, the bill and the law, uh, which has been on the books for, for 22 years, and a lot of these egregious scare tactics and, and, and the rhetoric out there just simply hasn't materialized. We've had 22 years of history on this. It, it just has, it simply hasn't materialized to, to restrict somebody's uh, right to serve somebody on the basis of race. That's just silly. Uh, but it, there, there are, uh, it, it gives that framework. Uh, if government action is going to restrict somebody's religious freedom, it has to have a three-tiered test. It has to say uh, you, you must be sub- uh, substantially burdened and if you are substantially burdened does the state, can the state prove that it's a compelling governmental interest? And if so, then they have to do it in the least restrictive means. It's a very simple test and I think it's a shield. It's never John, used just, as a sword. Very That's quickly because awesome. I'm just getting uh, right. accused you know, that you're almost done. One more
5: point about to... the Hobby Lobby is that even though it's been introduced in this session and we have had the Hobby Lobby decision um, passed down last summer, This legislation was initially introduced last year, last session, and it was introduced right after the defeat of HJR 3, which would have put um, uh, discrimination into our Constitution. Many people think it's not a coincidence that it's being reintroduced this session after we've achieved marriage equality. Regardless of intentions, regardless of people's motivations, the perception, the widespread perception in this state and across the country is that this is being introduced um, as a way of offering religion as, a, as an excuse to discriminate. And that perception is hurt, will hurt business, will hurt convention business, which is why Arizona businesses rose up against it. Yeah, and as a
4: follow-up to that yeah. in terms of industries... This will have to be our final word. Well, yeah. Industries have a choice to enter into the marketplace. They don't have to. That's that's the choice. If they choose to do that, they should accept the responsibility associated to with out of that business. choice and everything. In terms of the the generalities, the the bill deals with corporate entities, but this particular bill that's being introduced Monday goes all the way down to the specific individual. Can you imagine the practicalities of individuals who say their rights have been violated, filing litigation against the state of Indiana? The cost, the time factor, the waste of taxpayers' money that could be utilized for solely needed necessities that we as taxpayers in which the state supposed to be responding and applying to us. We've got a budget deficit already. So we are going to utilize the percentage oh, yeah. of our budget <laughs> to cover budget. You know The only constraint we have on, <laughs> we have on our first member so, rights at this
0: point is, is our time limitations, I which I so regret, regret greatly. I thank you for this discussion. We may have to continue uh, online, as they say. Again, my guests have been Republican Senator Scott Schneider of Indianapolis, Democratic Senator Lonnie Randolph of East Chicago, Kurt Smith of the Indiana Family Institute, and Jane Henniger of the American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana. This week, legislators are talking tax simplification, but this is Indiana. Nothing is ever that simple on the next Indiana Lawmakers. Time now for our weekly conversation with Ed Feigenbaum, publisher of the newsletter, Indiana Legislative Insight. Well, Ed, last session, you know, this issue came up right at the end as an amendment Uh, went nowhere. This year, it's got all the buzz. Why, Why the difference?
6: I think last year it came up at the very end, and the speaker was very concerned that it didn't have time to be fully vetted and he felt that that something as important as this didn't deserve to be uh, dealt with in an amendment form and and not have committee hearings and and let everybody be heard this time we're we're going through the the process the right way, and I think that that's why you're you're seeing it come through and have a lot of attention paid to it now, also because um, as you heard in the round table, you know there are a lot of people that that feel that that this is a a way to kind of get around and get back at whatever the same sex marriage amendment debate and and come at it in a little bit different a way
0: do, do you think this whatever happens over the next now three months uh, will this resolve the issue or is
6: this will we see this end up in court where, where 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 does this go one of the the problems is is that a lot of people like this as a concept, but it's it's very difficult sometimes to put uh concepts into law. And this needs to be um, enacted with good statutory language. Otherwise, we're going to see a lot of court fights over this. And that's the last thing I think the proponents want. They don't want the courts to be making the law on this. They want the legislature to make the law.
0: And in all likelihood, the numbers are such that this is likely to... uh to emerge from this session uh, as, as a law?
6: Looks like it, but, you know, a lot of things we've, we've seen over the years that, that have a lot of popular support get uh, changed at the last minute because of the actual language in there. And this, this is going to be one issue this week that's going to be tied up with a lot of other emotional issues like the Sunday sales thing. Uh, we will watch with interest. Ed, thank you, as always, for your insight.
0: For more information, episode streams, and extra content, visit us on the web at wfyi.org lawmakers. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the Internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity and Bright House Networks. Well, that concludes another edition of Indiana Lawmakers. I'm John Chuanas, and on behalf of WFYI Public Media and Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, I thank you for joining us. And I invite you to visit WFYI.org to check out our exclusive web content, including the best advice our guests have ever received. Until next week, take care.
4: The Visual Analytics Law Enforcement Toolkit, or valet, developed at Purdue University brings critical data and analytics to police departments instantly so officers are a step ahead of criminal activity. To learn more, visit otc-prf.org.